Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Alongside me is Marshall Macaluso. I guess I should say over over speakerphone because we are still social distancing. But we have good news. That's right. That's right. Good news is sports are slowly coming back one by one. We have live baseball tonight as the Cubs are playing the White Sox. Um, Keeping a side eye on that. But we have lots to get into. Um... How are you doing, uh, Marshall, before we dive right into it? Uh, you know, I think, I believe we have a less than a month until we go back to Peoria, back to Bradley. So yep. I'm kind of just counting down the days until I can stop working my minimum wage job and stop living at home. No offense, mom and dad. Um, yeah, ready, ready, ready to get sports back, ready to feel a, a, a sliver of normalcy in life again. Well, there are some other people uh, looking, counting down days where they have to go back to work, and they're not working a minimum wage job, and that is the NFL players who um, they're supposed to report to training camp, and the NFL announced today uh, that they would be training camp supposed to go on as scheduled. I believe July 28th is a reporting date for players. However, as uh, I alluded to in our last uh, podcast, which, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, check it out on YouTube brand new channel we got dorm dispute you can listen to that there but um the mlb or the nfl uh, rather is kind of heading down a road where they're going to be in a fight with the players association because some players uh, voiced some concerns on twitter today jj watt russell wilson among yeah, todd Gurley, like among countless others were saying like hey there's no steps in place for the covid or testing or how many times we're going to be tested and, you know, we don't necessarily feel safe. A lot of guys have families at home, or I know Russell Wilson's expecting a child. So um, it's going to be hard because they're not going to feel safe, and the NFL really hasn't done anything to uh, come up with a plan for this, which is really unexcusable considering the fact that they have had more time than any of these other sports to watch and see what these other leagues have done to come up with a plan. And um, number two, uh, on top of that, I mean – they're they're still arguing about like I don't know like like I said they they've had the, they've had the time to do it and they've seen what other leagues have been able to do so I think it's really kind of in, inexcusable on their end and now they're going to be arguing well, they're arguing with the players there's no plan in place yeah so it's it's interesting and I I don't think in our podcast years I've ever said this in my life but in this specific case I I kind of feel for the NFL because while it is inexcusable that there is no place. And I think they should have, like you said, taken advantage of the the cushion of time they had. Um, But the first coronavirus case in the United States was March 11th. That was the first confirmed case. It has been over four months since then. And honestly, looking at, you know, uh, England, Germany, Italy, and Spain, all of which uh, were hit with COVID before us, and um, had sports leagues that they wanted to get back on schedule to finish the season. Uh, looking at their timelines, honestly, if I'm the NFL, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? We're in August. Our country will have it figured out by then. And that is not particularly the case. Um, so I do feel for them because I feel like, you know, there, there are greater uh, factors that have kind of like made it so that, you know, I don't think COVID should have been a huge concern in the NFL training camp wise. But I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, and it's interesting. I think it was baseballs. What was baseballs? 
what were their like catchphrase that they were all saying? Oh, uh, when and where? Play? When and where? Yeah, when and where? And then uh, the NFL is, is we want to play, and so I think it's like, hey, man. But I agree with you. I mean, the least they could have done is get a tentative plan together. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Um, but I do know a lot of the teams. Uh, I think it was Brandon McManus, the kicker for the Broncos, was saying that um, the Broncos have a. You know, he feels comfortable with the Broncos. Um, uh, plan and I think it's what it comes down to. A lot of baseball players have been saying it. They're like, "Look, man, scary times, but as long as I can feel comfortable with my team, my personal team's protocols, um, you know, I think we should be able to right. get back on track." Okay, yeah. so that's that's a big thing there. As long as they can feel comfortable, and I expressed a lot of skepticism over baseball because they were botching the testing. But a lot of players have come out and said they feel safer there now than they do out in public. And I think baseball has kind of turned it around because they had to. Yeah. If the players were not feeling safe, more guys are going to opt out and there wasn't going to be a season. And mind you, I'm still skeptical they're going to be able to finish, but they are going to start. I'm confident they will be able to start their mm-hmm. season. And that's because they got the testing figured out. It was every other day. They got the masks in place. There's no fans. They have a plan. You know, it might not have been as good as the NBAs or whatever, but they, they figured out somewhat of a plan. Yeah. The NFL, on the other hand, has no plan. Here's Russell Wilson's tweet that he sent earlier uh, saying, quote, I am concerned. My wife is pregnant. NFL training camp is about to start, and there is still no clear plan on player, health, and family safety. We want to play football, but we also want to protect our loved ones. Hashtag we want to play. And, you know, I think that basically sums it up with all the other guys are saying. They have no clear plan. Te- they came out yeah. today and said, you have to come here July 28th, but they don't know how many times they're going to be tested. They don't know yeah. if they get COVID, whether they're going to get paid or not, how that's going to work, whether there's going to be fans or not. Um, and I think there's going to be a spat between the players because the NFL is going to lose some money, and the players are still going to want to get paid. So on top of not having a plan, there's going to be a financial dispute like the one yeah. we saw in the MLB. Now, the difference with the NFL is, unlike the MLB, they can handle it because they're the most powerful brand in sports, yeah. basically. So that shield, they've overcome domestic abuse, the kneeling. They'll be fine. Where, you know, the MLB necessarily doesn't have that capability. But if they're on the players, yeah, I'm going to be concerned, too. So I think this is definitely something to keep an eye on and whether we yeah. have NFL football this fall. Um, I don't think they're going to have a preseason. They already got rid of two games, and I think they're just going to keep pushing it back further and further. But you know, definitely yeah. something to watch um, yeah, moving forward. I, speaking of that preseason uh, thing, it's going to be very interesting because, like, I know right now, you know, Cubs playing the Sox or the, the Phillies against the Nationals. I want to say um, so. We're going to inter squad games, and the NFL already banned inter team practices. I know the Broncos are actually supposed to um, come to Chicago. Uh, and, you know, have, like, joint practices. Um, and if they're not doing that, and there's no preseason, is week one going to be the first live action that these players mm-hmm. have seen? That's going to be very interesting. Um, I totally agree, though. I totally agree, though. It seems odd. I mean, even if you just, like, because, like you said, MLB kind of got it turned around, and the NBA, they're different because, you know, with a small squad, they can do this bubble thing. But, I mean, honestly, just copy and paste what other le- – I mean, you, you can look across to Europe. I mean, there's – there's like six leagues, six major sports leagues in the United States and the countries I listed earlier that have that have a plan. Dude, just go look at their league, send some scout over to Germany, look at the Bundesliga, for goodness sake, and just like do what other leagues are doing if it's working. It, right. like, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard, like you said, with like this huge cushion of time. Right. Um, but hopefully, I mean, the MLB had a swift 
you know, kick in the butt reality check um, players and administration. And I hope the NFL can learn from this and say, hey, let's not get mm-hmm. in a major money spat with the players so we can save some face. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, they're going to be the only sport on. They can, they're, you know, starting a season. Um, and they've got like, what, two, two months until they really got to get in the full Well, you kind of got to figure it, it out. I agree, though. Interesting story. Looking forward. Well, yeah. And you kind of, the other thing you have to look at, too, with all these other sports, another obstacle they have to climb, unlike a lot of these other sports, is that the sport of football is you are right on top of each other. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of players in the roster, first off. The sport in general is you're hitting each other, you're sweating, you're bleeding, you're spitting all over each other. Um, yeah. You know, and they came out, like, I know, uh, I think it was Riddle that makes the helmets they had, like some helmet that covers your mouth with a face mask. The yeah, players have already yeah. come out. I saw J.J. Watt saying, like, I'm not going to be able to wear that. I won't be able to breathe in that thing. It's not happening. So, you know, the... The way the game is played, if one person has it, the rest of the roster is screwed. So the only way you're having football is if you're testing consistently and you have a plan in place there, or if you're isolating these guys in a hotel or bubble or something like that where they can't go out and get it. Because, like I said, if one person gets it, you're screwed. and They're asymptomatic, and they don't test positive. The whole thing is going off the rails. That's also another word to the public in general is wear your damn mask. If you want football in the fall... Wear a mask, please. Because so yeah. it's like not even, it's ridiculous at this point. All the people I see, and I'm sure you do too. I mean, I work at oh, yeah. uh, Mariano's the Deli. All these morons walking around. I saw a couple people earlier this week not even wearing one in the grocery store. And then you have these idiots that are wearing it and they have it below their mouth or their nose is exposed. It's like that yeah, defeats the purpose no, of the entire mask. Yeah. You morons. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole talent, tangent here. But yeah, if you want ball in the fall, Wear a mask to quote Waddle and Sylvie there, <laughs> but um, there you go. Hey, that's good. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, um, it's yeah, and another like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the NFL, what they do? They're like, we're trying to figure it out. What you know, what we should do with ban post game jersey swaps. Oh like, yeah, really? yeah, that's that's what you come up with. Like yeah, and look, I don't, I don't really care. I know a lot of players, uh, they face their criticism, but it's like, look. We're all just like NBA, any sport. We all just have to come to the conclusion with testing that anyone who enters the facility on game day, no one's got coronavirus. Like mm-hmm. that just has to be assumed. Regardless of it's football, cricket, chess, I don't care what it is. Like someone, a positive person cannot come to the stadium. So it's like, I don't know. And yeah, that, that basically, it honestly comes down to testing and, you know, can we isolate these players enough? Um, to you know, be able right. to play, so they're not you know going to a bar. And it's going to be harder to do uh, a bubble, yeah. And unlike these other sports too, because like baseball, you have and they're they're gonna it's gonna be hard to isolate them. But the game itself is you're spread out enough on the yeah. field. Same with the golf, soccer, you can get away with it, and like football and hockey or basketball and hockey, where you can't get away with it, they're isolating them in the in a bubble, so quote unquote. Yeah. So yeah, definitely interesting to walk. Speaking of the NBA bubble. We'll go to this quickly. Uh, obviously, a lot of players are down in Orlando right now. Orlando yep. is now a hot spot for the COVID, so it is imperative that these guys follow the rules in the bubble and they keep that uh, locked down. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I've seen a lot of players, not a lot, I should say, but there's been a couple prominent players 
complaining about the bubble situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we've also seen a lot of stuff like fishing wise, like people posting videos of fishing and them golfing or whatnot. So it hasn't been all bad. And there's been a bunch of shotgun challenges. Uh, what your impressions are of the bubble? Would you want to live down there? And the guy's complaining. Because my thought on the guy's complaining, you're earning millions of dollars. You're living a luxurious lifestyle to begin with. Everyone has had to sacrifice over this. It looks incredibly poor taste when you have yeah. Rondo coming in like, oh, look, there's a Motel 6. It's like, I get it's not, you know, your penthouse suite you're used to, but deal with it. There's a lot worse things. Or yeah. Joel Embiid with his, like, meal. That actually didn't, it didn't look terrible. It was like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to starve eating this. It's like, come on, yeah. use some judgment. And now it's been a minority of guys, but yeah, would yeah. you, would you, do you think I you think, can live in the bubble down there? It is basically my question well, for you. Going off your point, yeah, I think, I mean, I know Giannis, uh, he is like, I grew up in Greece with like, you know, in poverty and my apartment there was bigger than my hotel room. It's like, dude, literally like, and I, I know who I appreciate. I respect this guy a lot. And I respect him more and more. Uh, John Morant, because he said, it looks fine to me. And he said, I've never been a silver spoon guy. And that is like the realest thing that I think anyone mm-hmm. could have said. It's like, look, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need, you know, a lot of these guys came from, you know, poverty and stuff like that. And so they're like, right. he's like, I'm fine. To answer your question, I would do that for free. Are you kidding me? Like, I know. It sounds awesome. Dude, literally anything above like a La Quinta Inn, you maybe even like, I mean, we're in that, uh, what was the Westin when we were in Carlson? And that yeah. place was like, oh my lord, it's the best place I've ever been. It's the nicest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I'm right. not, I'm not poor by any means, but it's just like I don't know. Hotels are kind of cool. Um, just <laughs> to live down, to live down there with all your friends, your teammates, and just play basketball. I mean, you saw the Mavericks. Right. They're playing spike ball. They're playing pickleball. You can guys fish. You can golf. Yeah. I know. You got these, like, I mean, they really, I, I, I have to say, and this goes to the NBA, you know, kudos to them. They want to finish mm-hmm. the season. Um, and a lot of guys, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, so baseball cares a lot more about money. And obviously the teams want to get back to work because, to make that money, or the, the league, I should say. But, you know, kudos to them. They really, they really yeah. went all out for these players. The NBA um, has spent over a million dollars on the bubble and maintaining it. So just to go yeah. with your point, yeah, I give them a ton of credit because you can tell they care and they're taking it seriously. And they kind of yeah. threw those two guys, uh, I, forget, I forget their name, it was two, two scrubs that they knew they could send a message to. They went out to the bubble to pick up some food. Oh, and yeah. then they got put in yeah. a fourteen day quarantine, and you know, a little slap on the wrist there is kind of like a warning shot. And they got the yeah. whole snitch hotline and everything. So. One yeah, thing that is interesting that is it's going to be interesting to monitor is, you know, I think Zion Williamson recently left the bubble to, to tend to a quote, like family matter. Yeah, urgent family. Yeah. Deal. And they're not, you know, and, and when so, if someone gets coronavirus in the bubble, they're not going to, they're not going to tell the public who it is. I don't, I don't believe they're going to do no, that. No, and they've know? done that with they're a lot of. Say, this yeah, guy's out, they did know? that with the MLB too. Like Yoan Moncada had Corona, and him and Jose Ruiz, and there's like two White Sox players that didn't report to camp, and they didn't say why. But yeah. they also reported two players tested positive. It's like, well, you know, I can connect the dots and tell these two got it. So I think they'll do the same. You'll be able to do the same yeah. in the NBA. But, it's not rocket science, yeah, but I do be, think that's interesting. But you know, you know, no. kudos to them. And honestly, like if the players say for baseball, I'm asking players say, you know what? You know, I, I I feel comfortable. I feel safe. Honestly, I I feel safer 
and, and, and any sports league. I mean, they're like, I feel safer it, playing with the MLB. Of course you do, dude. You get tested. I, I've never been tested for coronavirus. Bro, I know I can have it right now. I work at a freaking grocery store. Hope my mask mm-hmm. works kind of deal. And that's the public. Like, dude, right. like, you know, no one feels like it's, super comfortable right. going anywhere right now. And the NBA, they kind of have that lockdown pretty good. Where the MLB right yeah. now, it's pretty good, but it's kind of like you're on the discretion of the public when you're coming to and from the ballpark where the, everyone's been tested before entering the bubble. You have to get tested pretty frequently, and no one can come in and out except the uh, uh, the workers there. The yeah. risk you'd have down in in the Orlando is Disney World just opened. It's a hot spot as it is. One of those workers gets it from someone and then brings it in. Then it could be somewhat of an issue. But uh, yeah. no, I, I disagree. You're preaching to the choir there. I do. I do think yeah. it's uh, they've done a good job. Uh, now another topic there is the snitch hotline they have. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, they have like a hotline. Or I heard there's only been a couple calls. If right? someone is breaking the rules or something, you can call them. So are you? Would you use the snitch hotline personally? And I got a snitch story while you think about your answer there. Honestly, I am anti- I would. You would, yeah. I, I I would do it just because like. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like wearing a mask, you know. First of all, when I tell someone in the grocery store, like, ma'am, I'm sorry, you gotta wear a mask, I kind of feel like a moral moral superiority complex <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But yeah. honestly, it's like, look, man, like, I don't want to get this freaking disease. And I don't want, you know, like, I don't, it's not even really about the other person. I don't, you know, hey, right. hey, you get COVID, like, that sucks for you. But I'm not trying to get it. Doc so, Rivers so, is on the hotline. freaking rules. <laughs> Uh, excuse me. Um, there is a six foot tall bearded man wearing a Lakers jersey, not wearing a mask, and I would like to report him. He's wearing yeah, a number exactly. twenty three. You can't tell who this is. Good. <laughs> yeah. See, it's interesting. I I am anti snitching. My dog the yeah. other day, he snitched on me. He wanted some salami, so I gave him some salami. You know, being a good good dog owner. Well, little that I know, the salami is not good for the dog's stomach. He went and threw it up on the rug later. So my mom and dad get home, and they're like, who's the idiot that gave the dog salami? And they knew it was me. My dog ratted on me by throwing up on the carpet, so I am against snitches. But like you said, when it comes down to it, you kind of have, you you get that moral superiority complex. Plus, if one of these guys gets it by breaking the rules, like James Harden wants to go to a strip club or they're going out of the bubble to go to get their Uber Eats, you're not only putting... You're you're putting the whole your family's risk at life or uh, life at risk. Excuse me, your family's yeah. life at risk. You're putting the whole league in jeopardy that can cancel the whole thing and everyone's pay- paycheck and financially that could be hurt yeah. if you're counting on it. So I agree, no problem snitching there. All right, let's get into some fun stuff. Uh, I said I was anti talking about the MLB schedule because I didn't think the season was going to happen. Well, we are five days away. We're playing live baseball right now, where the White Sox are yes, currently sir. kicking the crap out of the Cubs. Mind you, it's in, you know they're playing a bunch of scrubs Wait, what's right the now. Score? Is five it still... to two, last I checked. Oh my lord! Six to two. By the time you people are listening to this, the game will be over, so you'll know who won. So the Cubs make a comeback. Then it'll be Go yeah. Cubs, last sir. I see, Leury Garcia triples in the top of the fifth. Luis Gonzalez scores. Oh boy, Luis. Who's, who's, do you, can you know who's pitching? Awesome. Uh, I'd have to go look. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I know the White Sox had some guy that's going to be bagging groceries in a couple weeks starting, so it doesn't really matter no. all that much. Yeah, he gave up a home run to the 85 year old Jason Kipnis. So. But since the season's about to start, we can kind of break it down. And I was actually going through it today. The one nice thing about the 60 game season is you can kind of go uh, game by game, like NFL, and say win, loss, win, loss. 
So we'll yeah. go with the Chicago teams because that's really all we care about for right now. Then we can go broader picture. Going through, I had uh, 32 wins for the White Sox. I have them winning 32 out of the 60. Uh, and I have the Cubs going uh, 31 and 29. Uh, overall, I, I have the Sox coming. The I have the Sox coming second in the Central, behind the Twins, and I actually think the Sox could win more games than thirty-two. But the Twins kind of slow them down a little bit because they play them a ton in division. So those series against the Twins are going to be crucial to tipping the balance because they have a bunch of layup games. So they're going to win two or three, three or four against the Tigers and Royals. And then in the NHL, NL Central, they play the Pirates a couple times, who aren't all that great. So those will be a couple W's for them. And the Cubs, I think they'll split, um, if not win, the majority of those. Uh, so I, I'm pretty optimistic the Twins are the one roadblock. I have the Sox sneaking into the playoffs, but being second in the division. Uh, Cubs, on the other hand, I have them actually finishing with that 30, uh, 31 and 29 record. Uh, I have them finishing second as well, or third, excuse me, third uh, behind the Reds and uh, Cardinals. I think they'll beat out the uh, Brewers um, and the uh, Pirates. So we, we'll see. But a lot of well, I'm sure your uh, White Sox fandom had nothing to do with those predictions. Um, now but, I'll tell you what yeah, it has something I mean, to do. The, the the well, you you go ahead make your point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting though because I mean, looking at a lot of other, looking at a lot of other predictions, it's very very interesting because honestly, and I think there's only three teams that are not going to win a division by like two games. You know, I think um, the the Yankees. Let's see, who is it? Are the Yankees? The Dodgers and the Astros are my three, and I don't even know about them because you know, like you said, it's a sixty-game, two-month sprint. Um, but it really, it really is going to come down to like one game, two games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have uh, right now. I think the Cubs are in the thirty to thirty-three range, um, which is interesting because you know, you get thirty-three, you're, you might win the division. If you get thirty, you might miss the playoffs, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I mean, looking at the Cubs roster, I mean, when we said it last year, um, uh, which last year was just, uh, you know, a myriad of different things that affected the season, injuries, I mean, coaching needed to be changed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I mean, we talked about it, I think it was last podcast with the Cubs. Um, I think the core four of Contreras, Brian, Rizzo, and Baez I think, you know, the Cubs obviously know, Cubs players, management know that there, there, there might be one or two of those names not there next yep. season. Yep. And I think, and honestly, I think the Cubs have a pretty, I think they have a good chance. I think it's going to be a coin flip between them and the Cardinals. I think the Reds are good, but I think they're, they, they, I, don't, I think them winning the division or Here's- the Cubs is a little ahead of schedule. Um, maybe, maybe. Here's where I would argue with you, and it's not just my White Sox homerism that had me picking them with a better record. Here's what I had factoring into it. Going to the Reds, you look at that lineup. Cassianos, as you guys got to witness firsthand, he's a lineup changer. Like, that yeah. lineup is dangerous. You have Suarez, you have Vado. Like, they got some thumpers up and down that lineup, and the pitching well, staff hey, is still pretty know- good. I also look at the fact 
that will go strictly to the Cubs. I think the Cardinals, they won the division last year. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But the Cubs, I don't care. Not necessarily. I think, you know, the um, the the Cubs and Cardinals will be in a race for second. I think that I got the Reds winning that division. They're going to be my dark horse pick to win. But the Cubs will be right there. But my problems with them would be, number one, that core four, like you mentioned. It's kind of the last hurrah. And one of the guys in the four, Anthony Rizzo, he's having back problems. You don't know what we're going to be able to get out of him as he gets older. And with the back, you know, that's kind of a crippling. Uh, he's not old by any means. I mean, no, but the older you get, he's had he's deal, dealt with back problems throughout his career. And the older you get, the worse it kind of is. And now you don't have the luxury of, like, he would get a day off once in a while because he's having a back problem. Where now with 60 games, every game matters. You kind of need them. You, you need them out there as one of like your leaders. That's what, I one issue. I, I think you could bring up a, you know, I think, I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about the bullpen. I'm sure you're going to talk about the starting rotation. Anthony Rizzo's injury problems, for two reasons, I don't think are concerned. First of all, he's taking batting practice the other day. It's back tightness. It's not going to hey, be that big of an effect. Something the to keep an eye is, on. Second thing is, is last year, the Cubs went down to the freaking finish when it came to making the playoffs. And they didn't get it done. Anthony Rizzo, with like nine games left, had a horrific ankle sprain, and he was back in the lineup like two days later. Yeah, he was a warrior. He was a warrior. I I respect the man. No, he's not. But you know what else happened? They They blew it down the stretch. They lost a bunch of games. And he probably wasn't at 100%. And when you're in a tight situation where they struggle in runners from scoring position and you're up there with a nagging back injury, it's kind of tough to hit a ball out of the ballpark. So is he going to be healthy? Is he going to play this year? Yes, that's something to keep an eye on. That's the first one. You alluded to my second two points. Number two, and this is the huge one. Their bullpen stinks. Your closer looks like an arsonist who's giving up bombs left and right. He's getting humiliated in camp. It's the second year in a row... He hasn't had a spring training, which is a problem. His fastball has lost a couple miles per hour. And other than you got so Kimbrel stinks. I, I wouldn't trust him. Who else? Rowan Wick. You gonna trust him in a bid situation? I don't think so. I mean, there's uh, not a whole lot. I Wick's mean, probably last, the second best guy in your bullpen. He, huh? I think Wick's probably the second best pitcher in your bullpen, and I wouldn't trust him in I any mean, high leverage still, situation. I, I mean, stuff wise, it's Dylan Maples. Maybe, but like he's still pretty young. See, see, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. On paper, the Cubs bullpen doesn't look that great because a lot of names you don't know, which will lose. Look, we last year's bullpen clearly didn't get the job done. I think last year's bullpen was better than uh, with a record show. There was, I cannot express to you how big bullpen injuries affected last season. Like it was, I mean, Kinsler was a really good reliever, got injured, we're in a tight race. Toss him in the lineup. That's what happened, and he stunk it up because he didn't get the time he needed uh, to heal up. Uh, that Jeffries so, or whatever Jeffers, uh, Jeremy Jeffries, I don't. He wasn't that good last year for the Brewers. He was horrible. I think he had like a six something ERA. So that's kind of like a uh, project right there. No, where but the thing like about a, this year is, there's a lot of guys: Adver Owsley, uh Dylan Maples, Alec Mills, uh, Rowan Wick. They had that Brad Week guy. Wick, uh, yeah. They're all they're they're all uh farm guys they're all young and it's just going to come down to are they major league ready and i think that's all right you have your triple a bullpen plus the arsonist back there when you have when you're facing castellanos in a late game situation you're blowing a lot of four to two leads in the seventh eighth and ninth you know uh the uh, finally the third problem is uh the starting pitching there's been some concerns about the depth there to begin with 
on how everyone will perform. And you lost Jose Quintana, who you traded a bunch of resources for. He got hurt washing the dishes. And you listen to Jed Hoyer and Theo speak. They kind of, you know, you can hear some concern there. You're going to have to throw a guy, uh, you know, it's going to be some spot sparts. Spot starts uh, making up for his spot. Um, who was the kid that uh, pitched a couple games last year? He has pretty good stuff, but... Uh, Albert Alzale? Yeah, Albert Alzale. He kind of got knocked around. You know, he's one of those guys I see that can only go... He gets through, like, once through the order, and then guys kind of, like, uh, you know, they figured him out. So, like, I don't know how many innings you're going to be getting oh, out of him. And it's a season I, where every game matters, and you're going to have one game where you're having a bullpen game and a bunch of inexperienced, untested guys. That's going to be an issue there. So that's a third problem I have with the roster. Now, the guys are, you know, you're going to win 30 to 31 games. You're going to be in the race just because I have so much respect for, like, you got the Schwarbers and your Baezes and your Bryants, you know. So, but, like, there's too many big question marks there and that where I don't see them winning the division. I think, I think when you look through. at the, I think when you look at the Cubs, I, I, I think obviously there are problems, like you said. When you're looking at the starters, though, yeah, you know, Kyle Hendricks, one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. He's reliable. Just, he, he's not reliable. He's absolutely fantastic. He threw he threw a, a ninety three game. He's uh, good. He's good. Pitch full game last. I mean, the dude the dude is on top of his game. You Darvish has been in the lab. He has eleven pitches he can throw right now. And the second half of the season, he was on fire last year. Yeah, but the, you Quintana, know, there's still the IL, but he'll be back soon. Will he though? I don't West- know. I don't know if he will be back soon enough. And John Lester is notorious for getting off to slow starts. He kind of needs a while to ramp things up, and he's not going to have time to do that. He's the fourth starter. I mean, you look at fourth. Who's the White Sox fourth starter? Uh, well, let's look at. Yeah, we'll talk about the White Sox rotate. The road to that rotation's deep. They got a couple of guys who could be the fourth starter. You got Giolito as the year one. You got Dallas Keuchel as a two. Then you could probably go. You go either Ronaldo Lopez. Or Dylan Cease, two pretty young arms, and Ronaldo's been up and down. Dylan Cease has got some good stuff. There's Gio Gonzalez, who uh, he's a reliable veteran. Uh, he has had some pretty good years. See, okay, I can, I can. You got. We want to go reliable veteran. I, that's John Lester. The four starter is not a huge deal. I know it's a shortened season, but I, I think you're being a little biased when you can when you cherry pick John Lester, a three time World Series championship. Yes, he's getting old. Yes, he had problems last year, but he's a fighter. He's a, he, he, yes. He pitches okay, games. here's the Ch- difference though. Tyler Chatwood is our fist. Here's the difference. And he had a revamp season last year. Yes, I'll give you that. I will give you, and I think the Cubs rotation, top to bottom, maybe as of right now, maybe a little bit better than the White Sox. But the White Sox have some gum guys like Cease. We don't know what he can be. Giolito, I think, is just going to be better. Keiko was good last year in a shortened year. So I think you get, you have some reliable guys there. But they have a bullpen that they're going to be able to close things out and lean on. That is good. Good teams have good bullpens, and this White Sox bullpen is good from top to bottom. Uh, Alex Colome was, I think, fourth in the league in saves last year. He was excellent. He should have been an all-star. At one point, he had like a, a sub-two ERA. He was like one-something ERA with like 27 saves at the uh, midpoint of the season. Then on top of that, you got Aaron Bummer, who was excellent. They signed him to a contract extension. He was really good in the back end. You got a good lefty there. You got Steve Ciszek, who was used a ton last year by the Cubs, and he had like a 250-something ERA, 260, yeah, which was really good. 275. That's pretty darn good considering he had like 150 appearances. I will take him any day of the week. Um, well, then wait, you got. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was used a ton down the stretch, and did the Cubs make the playoffs, or did we blow, like, 
10 games out of 15 Hey, we also got year. Evan Marshall. I like Evan Marshall. He had a good year last year. Uh, they got some arms in that back. With Jimmy Cordero, he threw his smoke. You know, he's got his sleeve rolled up with the big guns. I like Jimmy. You know, you got some guys. Jimmy Lambert might be called up this year. They got they got a lot of arms that are pretty good. Like I like the okay, bullpen a lot. Okay, okay, I'm not going to dispute any of the things that you said. Well, you talk about you said White Sox got a good rotation. We got Dylan Cease. Yeah, Which, I like Dylan Cease. Yeah, That's a top prospect. He's not good. But you talk about Adver Alzale, you know, last year he got knocked around a bit. He couldn't go that far. Dude, a, Dylan Cease is a better prospect, but they're the, like production-wise, MLB-wise, they're the same thing. Right, Adver Alzale just got called up too early because we had injuries. Ceiling's That's higher. Literally the, it, 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 Dylan Cease got knocked just, around a little being, bit. but this being biased when you talk about You say, oh, you know, these guys – uh, he's gonna come up this year, dude. That's a that's a whole rotation. I'm not saying that the Cubs have a better bullpen, and not and I and I am saying that they have a better starting rotation. But the way you talk about third it factor, justify your point. Third factor. The we way are you talk about it justify your point. Or fourth is factor. Extremely biased. Okay, fourth factor. You know, most of the games are against the the opposing centrals. Okay, so in the NL Central, you're gonna be facing the Brewers, who are tough. You got the Reds, who, like I said, they're my dark horse pick to win the division. You got the Cardinals, who are Wait, tough. okay, hold on. Well, going back to the Reds, you don't got to talk. I, I think the Cubs is, is between the Cardinals and the Cubs. And you don't got to talk to me about the Reds, because I've been on the Reds train since last year. I picked them too That's before they got Moustakis and Castellanos. That was a horrible pick last year. We don't even go I, down that I road. Already, that I, pick I'm stunk. Saying, you're not, I'm not saying. I literally just said I was wrong. But I had recognized their talents. But last year, so you don't got to preach to me about how the Reds got Luis Castillo, their starting pitcher, Castillo, Luis Castillo, because I already know he's good. And Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer. But I think think right now, I think a lot of the Reds' talent, I I was one of the causing factors. I I think I overhyped them a little bit. And I think they have some guys on the – they're in the middle of having guys on the way out when you talk about Votto and the dude with the massive biceps, so I forget his name. Uh, it looks like a douchebag. Oh, D- um, Derek Dietrich. Derek Dietrich yeah, is not guy. on the way out. No, Derek yeah, Dietrich's got, got mash. And they got some signings. No. I don't think it's going to be enough. No, no, no. Mike Moustakis rakes. Joey Votto, tremendous first baseman. Probably the 10th best first. Hey, he has gotten older. But he's still probably. I would put my money on him being in the top 10. 10th best first baseman. If he was on the, the Cubs, game. you'd say he's near retirement. Don't no, give me no. That. Anthony Rizzo, right now, back injury and all, I would put him in the top five first baseman in all of baseball. So that is not true. Okay. All right. So I'm not, I'm not being biased here. But yet that division's a lot tougher than the Central, where, like, yeah, you have the Twins who are tough. Uh, the injury Indians are going to be kind of tough. But you got two cellar dwellers with the Royals and Tigers that you're going to be beating up on. A lot. So, I mean, that that helps our cause, uh, too. And fine, I didn't even get to the fact that that lineup for the White Sox is going to be so good this year. It's de- the worst, like, though, if you, you just look at the batting order. Leading off, you're going to have the reigning AL Central batting champ. Second or third, you could probably have Yoan Moncada, who could have been an all-star. I think he'll just get better. Then you got Jose Abreu, led the league in RBIs. Edwin Encarnacion has hit 30 homers his past, like, eight years or something. So you're getting production there. Eloy Jimenez, we already know what he can do. I mean, he's a young prospect. He hit 31 homers as a rookie, and I don't even think he had that great of a year last year. So it's only going to go up from there. Then you got Yasmani Grandal, 
who can hit homers. He gets on base, which is nice. You got some speed there. Then you got Nomar Mazzara, who's got a lot of upside. Um, Luis Robert, I didn't even get to, is going to be the rookie of the year this year. He's raking all over the ballpark. I, our worst hitter is going to be probably Leary Garcia, who hit 298 last year. And if not him, we'll have Nick Madrigal in, who struck out only 16 times in the minors. So that lineup top to bottom is a lot deeper with the Cubs. And you got some thumpers at the top. Uh, I don't dislike the Cubs lineup, but you're going to have like a Kipnis in there who, you know, no, I don't know no, how no, good no, he's no, going to no, be no, no, like no. at second. That is not. I, I mean, if, if you really want to go, uh, you know, Cubs, top to bottom Cubs, Chris Bryant leading off. He's MVP, one of the most well-rounded players in the game right Fine. now. Fine. No got, argument there. What? No argument there. Continue. Yeah. And I'm not I'm in no particular order. I don't know the exact matter. You got Javier Baez, who's Javier Baez. And you got Anthony Rizzo, who's Anthony Rizzo. And I mean, and you got Wilson Contreras, one of the best offensive catchers in the game. Our backup's Caratini. He can play DH, or we can have Schwarber, who hit 30-some bombs last year at DH. Before you continue, you, you, know who, you know who our backup catcher is? Uh, former All-Star James McCann last year. That's our backup catcher. James McCann is a bum. He's uh, past All-Star prime. game, baby. All right, continue. <laughs> so we got depth, uh, too. We got, and then you got, at second base, you got Nico Horner, one of the, a really good upcoming guy. And then you got Jason Hayward, who I, people love to hate on, hit 21 bombs last year. It was his best season in a long time. And if you look at his stats, when he wasn't in the leadoff position, which our mastermind of a manager, Joe Madden, put Jason freaking Hayward in the leadoff spot, his numbers outside of that were really good. Then you got Happ and Amora. You can flip a coin between those two guys. And yeah, because they both stink. Amora is great defensively, but I don't think you're getting much production from him. Or I don't think Hap's any world the last, beater they're either. The nine, they're the nine hitter. He's the worst hitter in the lineup. I don't need Almora to be an all-star. I need him to hit 240 and above. I don't really care that much. Ian Hap, just get a couple pinch hits here and there, and I'll be fine with you. You just flip a coin. Who's hot that day? So, I mean, if you if you want to go top to bottom, I, I, I think the Cubs have a better lineup. I don't know. No, 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 no. In five, in, in depth wise, year, two years from now, depth wise, it's not close. Not even close. Top to bottom, no way. Maybe, maybe you could argue they're top five. Maybe. I mean, and even there, there's a couple of coin flips. As much Rizzo overall, better first baseman than Abreu. But I'll take Abreu batting any day. I think Abreu's a better hitter. He had more home runs last year. He had more I know, RBIs. You said it on he hits in the clutch. about eight times this year. Brayu is a stud. He's the most underrated player in baseball. He does not get enough respect. Even on this team, you listen to all the White Sox players, the previews, it's all about Luis Robert, which I'm fine with, and Eloy, and Tim. Tim's getting all this credit. No one ever talks about Jose. Good old reliable. Shows up to work every day with his lunch pal and just hits dingers and drives and runs. All right, well, I'm going to end by saying that we got World Series champs who those guys show up to work every day. Regardless, I'll go right now. Let's Quick fire. All right, let's do it. Division winners, up and down. All right. We'll start with, let me pull up. The AL picture. East? AL East. Yeah, AL East. Go for it. Yankees. But Garrett Cole, Yankees showing some question marks. Garrett Cole, if you watch, is giving up a lot of homers. It might just be the good Yankees lineup, and you can't look too much into these uh, spring games. But I think, I, I know they overpaid him. I don't know how great he's going to be, but they're going to win that division. Yankees. I agree, Yankees. But I'm telling you, I think the Rays are going to make the playoffs. You talked about them last year. Yeah, I think no, they're getting better. They, they might be able to sneak in. I think they're the, they're a wild card team. 
They're AL weird Central though. They got twins. rid of some guys. AL Central. Who would you say? Twins. Twins. The Twins. Yeah, I'm taking the Twins too. White Sox will be close second though, and they will make the playoffs. And the Twins will lose in the first round because they always do. All right. Yeah, that's fair. They'll get swept by the Yankees again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, AL West. Uh, I hate it. I hate it, but I gotta say the Astros. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. We can't forget. There's not gonna be anyone booing there. The Astros cheated. Don't forget. Yeah, I agree. The Astros are going to win, but unlike you who went with the Rays making the uh, wild card there, I'm going with the A's. The I think A's. it's going to be White yeah. Sox A's getting those two wild card spots. The A's are going to contend for that division too. They're another sneaky good team that no one talks about, but yeah, I think A's, White Sox, think, two wild um, cards, and we're in agreement with our three uh, three division I winners. I think it's the the Rays and the A's are going to make the wild card. That Chapman, uh, Matt Chapman, is phenomenal. He's good. I you got Olsen there too. No, yeah. they, they they have a good team. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, National League, um, we'll go NL East. This is a tough one. NL East is going to be a tough division because I even think the Mets played pretty good down the stretch. And as yeah, much as the Mets did. are a joke, they got some good players. That is a toss-up. Uh, it's tough to go against the defending I'm champs. Gonna, I'll go Braves, I think. Yeah, safe bet. I, I go Braves, and I think, uh, honestly, I think that they are they're my – they're not a dark horse, like, in general, but I don't think a lot of people have them making it to this World Series, and I think they can do it. I think they have they, – they were they came close against the Cardinals last year, and I think they're just getting more experience yeah. with that team that's, like, extremely young. Um, and I may, I may be saying that because I want them to go to the World Series. Well, I don't want them. I want the Cubs to. But if the Cubs don't, I, I like them because they're one, the they one of the most fun teams in baseball. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's good. That's a tough yeah, one. Think, That's the toughest division you, to pick. Even you get the Phillies down there with Harper, and I think they'll be better. But we'll go. Yeah, I think the Braves got a lot of young talent that was just starting to flourish last year. Yeah. Uh, so I think yeah. But honestly, I think um, the Braves and the Nationals. I think it's pretty easy to say. I think they're both going to make the playoffs, regardless of who wins the division. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I would actually. I think the Nationals. Looking at it, I I wouldn't be surprised if they came in third. I think I'd, I'd go. Really? I'd go Braves. Mets? No, I'm going that Braves, is, Phillies, Braves, Phillies, then Mets, then Marlins. That's what I would go. Um, I'm gonna go Braves, Nats, Phillies, then Mets. Um, yeah. Then Central. Yeah. We kind of talked about a little bit. I got the Reds first. And I'll switch it. I'll go the Cubs second, Cardinals third, Brewers fourth, Pirates. Third. I got, I got Cubs, Reds, Cardinals, Brewers. The Brewers. It's interesting because I feel like the past couple of years they've just been agreed upon as being a, you know, a good, a good team ready right, to make the playoffs. But I, yeah, I think they're they're going to regress. I, I don't like their starting um, rotation enough. Like Gio Gonzalez, yeah. who is our fourth starter this year, fourth or fifth. I, he was probably their best pitcher two years ago, and I'm not, you know, he's not. Yeah. He's another one of those guys, like, he, he can get you through four innings, and then after that, it's kind of like, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, no, I agree, and I think their bullpen used to be a pretty touted group that has become incre- decreasingly uh, talented. Right. Zero. I mean, like Josh Hader's one where it's like, you know, he used to be lights out the best dude but I think and he's been used a lot too around. yeah yeah finally yeah. NL West this is the easiest division to pick I'm going chalk here I mean I'd go and this is what I think most of the experts would be picking too Dodgers who probably have a good chance 
go to the World Series because you have Kershaw who's going to be on a shortened year. You're not going to have to worry about fatigue or anything. You got Mookie Betts in that lineup. You got Bellinger. That's an easy one. Padres, young, exciting team. They're kind of like the White Sox of the National League. Um, I I like them a lot too. They'll they'll be third. Yeah, they'll be an interesting 30 win team or so. And then I'd go Rockies, Giants. That'll be pretty easy. Yeah, I feel I I truly do feel bad for the Rockies because I feel like they had they had it going well for them and then they kind of just didn't capitalize. I think the Brewers and the Rockies are two um, two teams who are like I feel like if they were gonna make a playoff deep playoff run, make it maybe get some silverware, it would have happened. The past couple of years, they couldn't capitalize on it. Right. Well, the Rockies see no no pit free agent pitcher wants to sign there. Because like yeah. if you're gonna want to get another deal, you're not gonna get it because you're gonna give up a ton of home runs at that rock, uh, high air altitude. So it's kind of yeah. tough. Cause you need pitching to win late in the year. Finally, uh, we'll wrap things up. I just want to hear your response. Uh, I had a podcast detailing the breaking news about the Redskins. If you didn't listen to it, once again, check it out on our YouTube page, Dorm Room Dispute. You can hear the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so bombshell breaking this week. Uh, I'd like to hear uh, Marshall uh, your thoughts on the whole uh, the whole situation in general, if there's anything I said you disagreed with or uh, vice versa. Uh, the yeah, floor no, is yours. I totally agree. Um, I'm going to take a little direct, different route to, to start off. And I say uh, it, it was interesting because I remember we were going to shoot a podcast earlier this week, and then you know, there were like, these, these rumors that this like huge report was going to come out about the Redskins. So we waited. And, I, and like you know, you look at Twitter, and obviously it's the internet, but the rumors were going crazy. We had Charles Epstein in the mix. You had, you know, like everything top to bottom that could cause a scandal that was going to be, um, and that was kind of being alluded to. And then it, it, it's such, such a disappointing shame to see, uh, it's just another, and I say another one of these because it's just become the norm, honestly, uh, when it comes to scandals. But, you know, the 15 women, um, coming out, only one of them named the other 14 anonymous about, you know, sexual harassment and stuff like that. And I think, the, honestly, the most depressing thing that I saw, um, and I know, you know, both of us and anyone in America, you know, team allegiances aside, I think sports is like, I mean, it's my favorite thing because it gives us these storylines that, like, they don't really seem like real life, you know, and they bring so much joy to everyone. And it was it dropped that depressing to see all of the female sports writers and sports casters that I follow on Twitter and on social media saying this is like the least surprising news. Um, and I think, uh, let me put up, there was uh, a female um, broadcaster who worked with the Redskins back in, in 2017, I believe, uh, Kimberly A. Martin, who said, uh, and she went on ESPN and did an interview. She said on her tweet, quote, let's just say I was less than impressed with Dan Sanders' statement today. And I wasn't at all surprised by the Washington Post investigation, unfortunately. And she said in the interview, she was like, look, this is not surprising at all. It's going on for years. They're not the only team. And everyone knows about it. Which, as a sports fan, as someone, you know, who wanted to get into sports, I think it, it's it's just sad that, like, you know, females have been they, – they, I mean, they're ostracized a lot in the community. And the fact that this is such a prevalent issue that has never been talked about really until today – or until this 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 report dropped is 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 sickening, and it's gonna be interesting to see if other teams, uh, you know, are implicated in allegations similar. Now that the Redskins one has dropped, or Washington Football Team, I should say, my um, yep. 
But yeah, no, it's uh, it was sad. To go to Dan Snyder, I totally agree with what you said, um, where the NFL, they can't make him sell his own property, you know? Um, but I think if there's going to be any punishment, you know, fines, uh, people have already quit mysteriously because they knew this was coming. And if people get fired because of it and they have a whole re you know, reculture, they change the name, everything, they're trying to be on the up and up. And if Dan Snyder is still the owner, it's going to feel kind of like a moot point because he's the one running the ship and he had, he had to have known about this. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, the woman I referred to earlier, she was like, they're like, you know, what do you think about Dan Snyder? She's like, dude, are you, like this guy, he, 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 he owns the team. Of course he knew this was going on. And so, you know, it's just, it, it reeks. everything reeks right. about this whole thing. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see implications moving forward. The super unfortunate thing is, and we saw this with Donald Sterling, with his egregious comments that he made, he, I, his punishment was selling his team for multi-billions of dollars. Right, so if he does sell the team, he's going to make a bunch of money. And I think you'll see that same thing play out in Carolina. Or I think it did play yeah. with Jerry Richardson. But yeah, you know, part of this is on... A lot of a lot of this too that'll be is like fans got to you know and I get like a lot of people if you're in Washington it's easier said than done because I'm not a Redskins fan but you know yeah. you're paying for the product you're going to FedEx Field and you're buying a ticket and you're buying hot dogs and you're supporting the team and he's still making money nothing's going to change from that um, yeah so and that that's a problem so that's another way you got to do it you got to stop supporting him until you get some change like like I was saying you got to make him as uncomfortable as possible and yeah. not want to yeah. own that team any longer so where he sells it and like you that was a great point too because like even if he does sell it he's gonna make millions of dollars yeah, exactly. just no, by selling it so punishment, yeah tough punishment know? but and one last thing I want to dive into and this is one of the things because I also agreed with uh, that uh, reporter you were talking about who said, like, she she was like, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, and that was my big thing. Like, if you've been in a lot of locker rooms, you know, you hear this sort of stuff all the time. And I can only imagine going top to bottom in the organization, yeah. what it's like. Yeah. As as someone who you used to play high school football and you've been in the locker rooms, have you heard anything, you know, have you experienced any cultures like that uh being in a locker room um, where you hear some stuff where like, I, yeah, if there's women honestly, in here all the time or it's like, yeah, not the most welcoming or inclusive environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, like, uh, not really. And you know, I'm, I've trained, uh, I'm going into the education field, which is like 99% women. So I've never like, uh, seen anything. I, it's interesting. My, my, my girlfriend's going to be an accountant. I asked her like, have you ever faced this stuff? And she said, no, but I think, uh, Taylor Rooks, another female sportscaster, made an interesting point. Um, she made two interesting points where she said, look, I mean, females in sports, you're usually the only girl in the room kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have like an ally. Um, and uh, the other thing, too, is like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can if you get a job for an NFL team like that's that's big time, especially if you're coming out of college and you don't have like a ton of experience and you you get a good resume up there and you know, and, and it's, and then to face this stuff, like you start to put up with it, you know, cause you're working for the Redskins. I mean, come right. on, it's an NFL team. That's huge. And then it just transforms into like this total toxic culture. And the only way out, you don't really have a way out in the system. The only way out is by quitting the great job you just got. Yeah. And it's totally unfair. And yeah, it's just, it's disappointing to see that it's like, you know, that all these, I mean, Haley O'Shaughnessy, she works for the Ringer, I follow her. Mina Kimes, uh, she was just on ESPN. She's a huge uh, 
football reporter in there, like these, and all these people who are like, oh yeah, this is not surprising. It's like, really? Damn, that's a whole other universe that I didn't even really know existed. And that's where, and I think you made a good point. Like, where is HR at? Mm-hmm. Isn't that their freaking job? And if you got a bogus HR department who's not actually gonna do their job and protect the employees from other employees, like comments, touching, texts, whatever it is, like, what are we even doing? You know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, it, the sad thing is too with the NFL, and you have all these, all these history because this isn't their first blemish. Like they've had oh, yeah. a lot of stuff come up, even in just past year in general. And like you said, there's definitely more teams where this is most likely going on to some extent, and they're still the most powerful organization in the sports world like that the league yeah. in american sports so yeah i did yeah yeah and the and honestly you know another thing that is a shame and we can discuss it quick you know i give a quick discussion is we were supposed to be celebrating a good thing for the washington football team because they were no longer going to be yeah i wasn't even celebrating that though terrible name it was good and, but like you we we know but they weren't changing yeah. it out of the goodness of their heart. Dan Snyder was yeah. like, well, we're not going to make any more money problem. from it. Yeah. So money money talks. You follow the money, yeah. it'll give you the answers. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, real quick, finally, this is the final thing we'll discuss. As far as the name change, do you have – I know they – I heard they already picked a name, and they're just going – they're looking for the – get the trademark cleared up. But yeah. uh, what was your favorite name out of the ones you heard? What would you be rooting for them changing the name to? So I heard three things I heard, and this one is probably going to happen because I know they talked about it like, hey, we're going to step away from any Native American anything whatsoever. Um, and I know the Navajo Nation said, hey, if you guys wanted to be on the right side of the Native American history, call them the Code Talkers from World War II. That was pretty cool. Not going to happen, though. The ones I did hear are Red Wolves and Red Tails. Mm-hmm. And I think the Red Tails would be very cool. Uh, I, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen, that whole right. storyline, if you don't know about it, they got a movie, you can look mm-hmm. it up, it's really cool. Um, and, I mean, the Red Wolves is like, I don't know, it's pretty generic, it's kind of an odd name to me, so I kind of hope they go with the Red Tails. Red Tails um, is my front runner too, I like that one the yeah, best. Yeah, and I feel like that would just make everyone happy, even yeah. though, like you said, they're just kind of doing it for the money. Um, you still got the red in the name. Very, yeah, I'll let you get yours in. Yeah, no, you still you still got the red in the name. I think the logo there floating around was pretty cool. You know, yeah. you had the racial. You, you want to show some respect to your black players in the league who make up the yeah. majority of the league. You're honoring the Tuskegee Air Group, which would be good. I think it would just be a good look all the way around for a team that really, you know, they could use some good publicity yeah. right now. So I think that would make the most sense. To me. Uh, any uh, final thoughts or before we clo- wrap thing up? Or? Yeah, to close real quick, and, uh, you know, I wish we could talk about this a little more, but, you know, the whole other Washington football team story is kind of captivating the news as it should. Um, honestly, I think this is, like, the biggest indictment on Dan Snyder's mental capacity, though. So I know he had that quote where he said that he's never changing the name. And, dude, if he actually believed that in his soul, like, you should be stripped of any – you should never own – you shouldn't be able to freaking drive a car. That's how idiotic it is. And the other thing, too, is, like, and I know naming rights are difficult. I understand that. You know, there's an article recently talking about that. But when you talk about teams that stink it up for two decades plus, they rebrand. The Jets 
you know, they changed their jerseys. The Buccaneers changed their jersey, their color scheme a little bit. Now they got Tom Brady. Dude, Dan Snyder has run this team to have, what, in 20 years, he had one uh, playoff win. And the most exciting thing they ever had was a season of Robert Griffin III before they tore up his knee. Like, you could use a rebrand, dude, and mm-hmm. to change the racist name would also probably help out not make you one of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL what, for, like, the past five years. Right. So that's what I'm going to end on. Yeah. In, in, in conclusion, Dan Snyder's a right. moron. He's also probably a bad person, so there you go. Well, it makes you wonder if, like, these players, they're doing so badly because the environment, work environment was so toxic and horrible from top to bottom that it's affecting their play oh, yeah. on mean, the field. It makes if you wonder. But free agents that passed over Washington, I think it's pretty clear yeah. as to why now. For sure. Uh, we will end on that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I have said multiple times, third time's a charm. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Follow us on our Twitter. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. He's Marshall McAlusco. Have a wonderful rest of your week.